0: Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at nine thirty and eleven o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. I want you to imagine for a moment your birthday. And many of you like your birthday. You enjoy your birthday. And so this would be you going, it's my birthday. And someone calls you up and says, hey, do you want to come over? You're like, it's my birthday, right? This is going to be this is going to be great. You know, I didn't have any plan on my birthday. And me thinking, someone's thinking of me. And that's pretty amazing. So you go to their house. You're going down the street. And there's, like, just tons of cars. You get closer to the driveway. And it's just all these people, like you, 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 you come up to the door, and there's there's music playing. The house is full. The door is even wide open, and the, the the people that are hosting this party that's going on. You walk in the door, and the hostess comes up to you, and says, "Oh, I'm so glad you made it. It's so good to see you and have you here tonight." And you're like, "Well, I mean, you know, it's you know, it's my birthday and everything. This is great." And and as they're saying that, the person behind them coming in, they greet them as well and they kind of set you aside over here and you kind of find yourself wandering room and there's lots of food and decorations and excitement and people are dancing there and it's just a great time like everybody's having fun and like wow I mean this is I never really had a party like this this is pretty amazing and then, as things are rolling a little bit, the, the, the host stops for a moment and she says, Oh, I just want to get everybody's attention. We want to just take a moment. We, just, we want to honor. We want to honor. We want to honor all of you. Because you are what makes this party special. To have us come together like this is so awesome. Let's bring out the gifts. And so all the gifts come out, this big red dude comes out in a suit, and he brings out, they're handing out gifts, and and so people are passing to the right, then the left, then the right, then the left, and then they go, freeze, you only can pass it three times. and Everybody opens up their gifts, and like, this is so amazing, this is a great party, this is awesome, and you're just going, I guess, but I mean, it's like my, it's my birthday. It's, it's, okay. I mean, this is weird. No, it's just, no one's really mentioned it, but all right. It's fun. Yeah. You having a good time? Yeah, I'm having a good time. Well, the party dies down and, you know, some people had a little too much and they're calling Ubers and basically the party's winding down and you go home and you're like, it's my birthday. Now, here, here's a question I have for us here today. Is this, here's the question. You might know where I'm going with this. When have you made it about you and not him this holiday season? Now, some of you are going, oh, I get it. I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. It's, yeah, we, you know. Because, I mean, come on. Jesus, right? He's the reason for the season. And 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 you begin to think about, like, oh, we're not, are we really not acknowledging? It? It's it's really Christ's birthday. I mean, you 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 know, it, that Christmas, and not, some people the Xmas you can cross out Christ. It's Christmas, right? We really are about, it's about Christmas. I, I mean, I wonder what, I wonder, you think about this. I wonder what Jesus is thinking that when we celebrate and do all the festivities and everything we're doing, that he's going, is he upset? Is he, is he sad? Is he that we're not actually celebrating his birthday? Right. Now, I was thinking about that a little bit and wondering. Actually, I don't think so. I don't think so. And some of you are like, well, wait a second. No, it, I mean, we, you know, there's the whole, the, the, the shepherds came and, 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 and you know, the, the wise men brought gifts and they worship him. Yeah, this, this, there's a moment here, but here, here's what I think maybe Jesus is saying, like, about not celebrating, saying, you know, somebody celebrate life and celebrate one another and gifts and not acknowledge his, his birthday is this. First of all, I think Jesus is kind of going, well, first of all, my birthday wasn't in December. It was July, probably shepherds are out in the field. That's kind of how how they know that. The second thing is, I I don't think Jesus would care about that. You're thinking, that's not right. That's that's important that we, yeah, it's important to us. And it's important to acknowledge, yes, Christ was born. But see, this is what I have found. And I would say, reading the gospels, this is, you can put it my interpretation of it, but I'm wondering if you would agree with me on this. After reading, you know, close to 35 years of the life and ministry of Jesus, what his attitude and everything about him, this is what I think could be our, our Christmas core truth this morning is this. Jesus didn't come to make it about himself, but it really is all about him. Now, I want you to think about that a little bit. You're like, oh, I, I mean... But didn't he mention? Yes, there, there's moments you see. There's moments of worship. Don't get me wrong. We, they they gathered. They gathered that in that barn and that cave and the house. There was there was moments where they the birth of Jesus was celebrated, and it was acknowledged that it happened. But how did Jesus think about himself? See, I there's all through how Jesus lived his life. You find that Jesus didn't make it about himself. An example that I want to look at this morning. What we find is the, the really the main reason why Jesus came. The, the, you, you get the crux of why Jesus came that we're going to look at this morning. How he came to light the way. Is we're going to read in, in Matthew's gospel. Last week we looked at Matthew who was Levi. He was that degenerate tax collector. Nobody wanted to be with Jesus. He said, come follow me. And Matthew's life was transformed so much that he actually wrote it down. And we have the gospel of Matthew as eyewitnesses. And Matthew describes there's a moment where Jesus, you really get to the heart of why he really truly came. And it's an interaction of two of the disciples, James and John, and their mom. It's interesting passage. It says that, Matthew 20, 20 that then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. Can I... Can, Can I have you just picture this? You're going to your boss and you want a promotion. You want a raise. You want something from them. And instead of you going in there, you send your mom in to do that. (laughs) That's kind of what's going on here. Is that just the oddest thing? She wanted something for her boys, Jimmy and Johnny, in her eyes need to be the great, need to be the great, or the greatest center mind. And so they need to be in the most important part. If, if Jesus is, you know, talking about a kingdom, they need to sit others right and left. Now, I don't know how much TV you watch, but what I picture here of James and John's mom is, is Beverly Goldberg. I don't know if you know who that is. The smother. Have you heard of the smother? Uh, I'm an only child. My mom was a smother, by the way. And if something wasn't going real good for Danny, guess what? Mom stepped in to help. Just ask my wife when we were dating. We broke up for two weeks. And guess what? My mom called up my girlfriend at the time and said, how can you work it out? She told my girlfriend at the time, Christy, was just write him a letter and everything will be better right? So I understand smother. I understand mom stepping in, but she's the mom. She's the soccer mom who approaches the coach and says, how come my little, my little snookums is not getting the, you know, to get to start. She's the one that goes to the play director at school and says, my little diva needs to have the lead part. Okay. This is the mom that's happening here. She don't, you don't want to blame her too much. She wanted her, her boys are the best and she wanted them to have the greatest experience. But I'm seriously like, you know, here James and John, I mean, Mark calls them the sons of thunder, right? You kind of call mama's boys, right? I mean, they are just like, seriously, how selfish is this? And yet how self-promoting and, and, and you're wondering what's going on here. And then we'll read kind of what the reaction, the rest of the disciples are this, this moment here, but they, they just wanted she, mom, just wanted them to have the best and be the best. So James and John and their mom cornered Jesus that they want to be great. And here's what Jesus says You don't know what you're asking. You don't know what you're asking. Greatness, greatness. It, it, you, you think it's sitting on the throne and a royal palace because you know that. And you're thinking, yeah, that's what we want, Jesus. You're going to rule and reign and you're going to be king and we want to be a part of that. But they. they they didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And, we imagine, and many times we get sucked in the same mentality as well in human efforts, right? Greatness. We want to achieve it, but there's an expense. And a lot of times it's expense of others. Expense of stepping on other people's toes and getting and climbing our way to the top. It actually expense of other people's failures. Like they did bad. So now you can do good. It's holding the most prominent and most important positions of power. There's a quest and we can, we can caught up in it, the bigger and the better. And people step on each other, compete and claw your way to the top. I mean, this is what you do. And, and, and you, you do what you know to do. And yet it's so opposite of what the Bible says and what Jesus says. He says, you don't know what you're asking. You don't, you think you do, but you really don't. Jesus goes on and and it's something very simple, somewhat unusual question he's, he's processing. Jesus says to him, can you, here's, here's an interesting question. Can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? We'll talk in a moment about that cup. But can you drink that cup? What cup? What are we talking about here? Well, really, he's, he's asking, are you able to achieve greatness in the same way that I'm going to achieve it? To walk in the path that I'm going to walk? And they're basically saying, yeah, we can. They answer, really? The Bible says, tells what, what happens next. is Jesus said to him, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit on my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they are prepared by my Father. Now when the ten... You wonder about the other people, the other disciples. When the ten heard this, they're indignant with the two brothers. Can you can you picture that? Like, they're going, they brought their mom in. They're probably going, can you believe it? He brought their, they brought their mom in there. How lame is that, right? You know, to, to speak for them. But Jesus is reading all through this. And there's almost kind of like this kind of locker room kind of fight going on. And the Bible says this, Jesus called them together and said, you know the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Their high officials exercise authority over them, and, and and that's what they know. Yes, we know this. This is what we're talking about. James and John and and Mom and, and the rest of us. I mean, they 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 know. They 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 in their mentality to to be great is to be famous and to be rich and successful and be you know respected and be powerful. See, Jesus. is... He's kind of reading their thinking. They're used to people using them. They're used to people pulling rank. They're used to people pining for positions and and taking off others in the process to do it. But he's reading their attitude. And listen to what Jesus says to him next. And he says it to us. Not so with you." you. You understand kingdoms and rulers and how people do it and the world does it. But not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Now, what we find here, that Jesus flips completely the focus of one's importance from position to influence we still live in a culture of titles. Titles mean a lot. CEO, president of something, boss of something. And titles have this importance that if you have this title, you have this degree even with it, the higher you are in the org chart, the more vital you are in the organization. Jesus takes a sledgehammer to all of it, that thinking, that his kingdom is not built that way. It's not about position. This is what he says. He says, He says this, whoever thinks, whoever, I'm sorry, he says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Now, translated actually that word means bond servant bond servant is, is not a slave uh but someone who cl- chooses to serve freely a bond servant you pay for it it's it's something i owe you something and at the end and really what it's saying is is that you know you're free to go but people say no i you've done so much for me i am bond i'm bound to you i i'm connected with you i serve you freely as your slave is really this meaning what jesus is saying see the crux Of all that we're talking about, the reason he came to light the way for us, here it is. Last verse, it says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He said, whoever wants to be great among you must be a servant, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now the son of man is a title, it's actually reserved for the Messiah, Let's just make it clear here that the, the birthday party, basically Jesus is saying it doesn't need to be about me. What he cares most about is his mission. That to lay down his life. He, it's not about him. It's about laying down the mission for many. That's what, he, that's his attitude. And yes, the angels did come and got it right. You know, a savior has been born. He is Christ the Lord. We, we sing, you know, thank you, Kanye. Jesus is king, okay? We get it, right? Born, but here's the kingship. He was not born just to be king and be elevated on this earth at the time. He, was, he came to be born to die, to lay down his life for his subjects. And that's us. And so Jesus models us to the, he says, I come to this world not to elevate myself in that moment, but to serve. He flips it completely upside down. This, kingdom. Greatness is through service. And I tell you, if we get this, this is the redemptive purpose of the selfish holiday season. This is the very redemptive purpose of the selfish holiday season that we've made it all about us, at least our culture has. He lit the way to step uh, so we step out of the limelight and let his light shine in the darkness of the season. So here's the thing. If you're feeling a bit down, and it, it happens, seasonal disorder, it's a real thing. Believe me, there's kind of days where I'm going, man, is the sun going to come out? It's like dark dark and wake up, dark and go, you know, go home. I get all that. If you're in a place, if you're in a season now where you're not sure how you're going to get it all done this week. You got company coming over. You got this activity happening. And you're trying to finish up. You know, students hopefully are done with. You know, college is done with finals and stuff. But high school students still have stuff this week. There's a lot still going on. There's shopping to do. Believe me, I've been to the store yesterday. People are crazy. Okay, it's just crazy out there, and it will be this week. All that to say, here's a warning for us: If you want to go into this week, and if you're going to make it about you, guess what? you are going to be disappointed. You are going to be depressed. You are going to find yourself in a dark place. But that's the message of Jesus saying to us the opposite. And so I want you to think as you go into this week, as we prepare for this wonderful, wonderful celebration that we have, Jesus offers a better way to bring his light in our lives. He's provided a better way in this. And he, Jesus, didn't make it about him. But it really is all about him for us. Isn't it? And so I want to leave you some, some practical thoughts. Of how to make the Christmas party not about you. How to make it not about you. The verse is this. You can write this in. Serving sucks selfishness out of us. I've found that serving sucks the selfishness out of us. Um, I had the opportunity of been invited to go to fancy restaurants. Fancy restaurants are wonderful when you don't have to pay for it. But are you ever go like, oh, we should go here. want would to be great to celebrate. And then you you get there, and it's you know it's a beautiful setting. You open the menu, and the first thing you realize, and for me, and going, wow, I've, there's no pictures. I don't know what to order. <laughs> Second of all, there's nothing with 99 at the end. It's like, it's like $8.99 or $10.99. Um, no, you see $60, and the dollars is all spelled out. I don't know why they have to do that in a fancy restaurant. Have you noticed that? <laughs> but there's no pictures. There's like, I don't even know what this... It's, it's a different language. I don't speak French. I have no idea. Escar what? I don't know what this is. And so, some kind of Bernese sauce or something. I don't know. And so... And you you get it, you order the 60, but well, then you discover the bread and the and the salad and the, that's that's not included, like uh, this is not Olive Garden, apparently, okay? And you get it, and you get this massive plate, and there's this little piece of something. And it's like three bites. I mean it's decorative, but it's three bites. You're going, this is twenty dollars a bite. I just can't, this is what I'm thinking. Here's my problem. I'm not saying you shouldn't go out in a fancy restaurant. My problem is I turn into a bit of a spoiled brat. So I find at times, and there's been some good, wonderful dinner moments, but I have to admit, I sometimes walk away feeling selfish and a spoiled brat attitude. And that's really what James and John were feeling. And their mom was enabling them to to lead toward entitlement. Peter, James, and John are mentioned a lot in scripture. Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John went to Mount Transfiguration. Peter, James, and John. You would think they are in the top three. And very much, you could say, who's the top three disciples? I think the problem with the top three was that Peter, that that James and John knew they're in the top three. (laughs) And so they get their mom, like, what is Peter? Uh, Us right and left. Mom, can you help us out? there was a sense of entitlement. I've been a pastor for a while and I, I, I've found that, that this, is, this can affect us it, it, as, as Christians and as church people. The longer you're Christian, the longer your church, and as long as you also longer you're part of a church, that we can start off with great servant hearts. And I've seen this over and over. People who are generous with their time and their energy and their resources, but at some point, insecurity kind of kind of plagues people. And what happens is they begin to kind of go and kind of do it and going, is anybody going to notice? Will anybody knows what I'm doing. Well, anybody knows it's my birthday today, basically. And we began to, we can't tell me, like, is anybody knows? And it's not that say looking for recognition or thank yous, though, that, that's nice to have. But what I found over time, there's an entitlement and there's a, there's a jockeying of little people, of people trying to do this. And, and the, really what they want is their voice to be heard. And I found it over and over. It's a challenge because they've got this little string that dangles down. And they they somehow want me to pull the string. And when I don't, I'll tell you two things happen. First of all, some people just flipped out. They're like, I have to, I should, I've been here for what? Blah, 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 blah. blah. And they flip out and they threaten. I'm like, like I've actually seen someone bodily, like threaten bodily harm to somebody. And it's just like, really? And I've seen the opposite where people like drift away and burn out and they're, they're tired and all that happens. Now, should they have acknowledged? Should their Does their voice matter? Absolutely. But all our voices matter, don't they? And, and, and what I've learned in a long way was what happens is some insecurity and this, their insecurities in their identity, not in the serving of who they are. Boy, that's a danger for all of us. Why do we do it in the motive behind it all? See, we need to recognize this about serving. Serving doesn't happen without sacrifice. Now, that seems obvious, right? That's obvious. But over time, it can develop, especially as Christians and older, and you can you can you can develop this in our churches. You can create kind of a sense, a false sense of humility, or a false humility, where you're like, you know, you know, I well, it's great you do it. Well, I don't do it for every, I do it for the Lord, and it's so good, you know. And I, I listen. I'm just a humble servant. What are you doing? You're making it about you. Listen, if you truly are, I'm getting under the skin here, if you truly are a humble servant, you don't have to say you're a humble servant. <laughs> right? You just serve. But I didn't get, did they, didn't, doesn't matter. You aren't doing it. See, sacrifice is interesting. See, true sacrifice, it, there's no strings attached. We do it out of worship to the Lord with no recognition. Jesus modeled this to us. He says, but didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for me. Now, the word ransom literally means a price for release. We need to be reminded of Jesus. Why he came to light the way was this, that we were tricked and kidnapped. By sin and it demands a ransom. It demands a ransom payment. If 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 no one pays up and gets us out, guess what? We're destined for death. We will put to death. That's the threat. And Jesus knew that. And Jesus came. And the only way, the only ransom money that was going to be worth enough would be His very blood, His perfect, the perfect Lamb of God, the sacrifice. So understand that He paid that ransom for us. By laying down his very life, Jesus came to this earth not to make it about him, but it was all about him. All about him and what he did for us. Sacrifice. Listen, sacrifice doesn't mean it's when it's convenient and comfortable. If it's convenient and comfortable, that's not sacrifice, that's called fun. Sacrifice is going to be, the the very definition of it is going to be when it's inconvenient and uncomfortable. It's going to be at moments in your life you're going, I don't have time for this. This does not fit in my five-year plan. This is not working in the way I want to do it. I have to step outside of myself and do that. I've got to, I actually got to put effort in this. I'm going to have to put my, risk my neck to do this. Yeah, that's called sacrifice. And Jesus says to us, He goes, if you make the party about you, it's going to be fun. But if you make it about others, if you make it about what I'm doing, it's going to cost you something. The purest form of serving is doing it with no strings attached. Because that's how Jesus did it. He didn't make it about him, but it is all about him at the end. See, know this, true serving though, recognize this, it's not just seasonal but it is to be a lifestyle that we live. See, I love the fact that we have Christmas causes every year, and I hope we not stop offering opportunities to serve and to give generously this Christmas season. Because if we don't do that, man, it really takes selfishness to a whole nother level. So I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that yesterday it was great to hang out with the group that helped with the toy store. And it was a great opportunity to serve people in our community. Many of you gave gifts for the toy store. I love the fact we're continuing to do the Footprints of Hope and and giving some meals and some wonderful gifts at Christmas. I mean, these gifts these kids are getting at the footprints. I mean, it's a, it's a bowl and a spoon and some and a, you know, a, a whole thing of porridge. You know, they can make at home. I mean, it's small little things that we get to do and be a part of. But no, it's just not just to be seasonal. It is a life that we are to live. It's, it's, it's a lifestyle that's there. So I encourage as you go into your week, what are ways you're going to be able to serve your spouse? What are ways you're going to serve your kids? What are some ways you're going to serve your, your employees or your employer or your student that you can reach out? There's many things that we can do, but it's an attitude that we have that Jesus says, if you want to be great, it's not about who's on the right and who's on the left. It's not jogging for positions. It's quite the opposite. It really comes down to giving our life as a service. To the Lord. See, when we do this, when we don't make the party about ourselves, is this we serve freely. We influence those around us. We influence those around us. If you're wanting to make a difference, I think this is a wonderful thing to invite people. It's a wonderful thing to, to do that. But the invitation comes at a, a, a little bit weighted more when we've invested in in people around us. When we invest in others and then we invite them, boy, that says a whole lot, doesn't it? When we serve freely people, our lives become this invitation to the light of Jesus and who he is. Invite this week, invite anyone to do that. But knowing the weight of your invitation has to do with the relationship that you have with them. And I think when we, when we serve freely, it's really about, it's, I love this, it's really the, the freedom of being last. This week, you're going to have the opportunity to go last. I encourage you the discipline of going last this week. What does that look like? Well, go to the go to the shopping centers. <laughs> go on, the, get on the road. Uh, are you going to race through the it's a stoplight? Are you going to? Or uh, you know, somebody's trying to get in. Oh, they're cutting in. Just let them go. Hey, let the next car go as well. Now it's going to really tick off the people behind you <laughs> to do that. Go ahead. I don't need my coffee right now. You you can get it. What if we had that attitude? I'm wondering this week. Just think about this. I'm going to commit to do this as well. I bet at the end of this next week, we're gonna go, you know, my life was a little less stressful because I didn't try to be first in line and get what I need to get. See, there's opportunities that we have. Jesus says basically this, if you're going to, you know, serve me is really, and love me is really, like, is really serving others. He, he models us too that, you know, don't, it's not about being served, but to serve and to give, he gave his life as a ransom. Our calling as well, to help bring redemption for other people to come toward him. And I just, I just love that the fact of this, this light imaging of that. We're called when we do that. We, we're called to shine. We, we're called, Jesus says in Matthew 5. He says, you, you are the light of the world. Now, he's the light of the world. But we're the reflection of this light into the world. He says, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under the bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before Others that they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven might see your good deeds, not just what you say but what you do in the serving, like oh, that light that 's there, that light that that, that isn 't blinded by our pride. see sometimes you say um, that uh, pride blinds, I think what it does it blinds. our pride blinds others from seeing Jesus actually, not just it blinds us, we get out of the way, and that light shines. Through us. And ultimately, we do this for Him, the one in whom we serve, and it's all about. See, know this as we serve, know in who we are truly serving. Lastly, as we serve, know in who we are truly serving. Again, Jesus, when He came to serve, didn't make it about Himself, but that's our job. That's our job. As he came and was a ransom for many and redeemed mankind, now we carry the message. Now we carry what what we're called to do. So here's the thing about Jesus' birthday. Nothing wrong with singing him happy birthday. I don't think he's going, no, 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 don't get it. It's not this time of year. No, no, he's, he's, he, it's a good thing to acknowledge Jesus. It's a good thing to lift him up. And we still have Christmas. Christ must in the title, okay? Let's still redeem that. Let's make sure we maximize the message of Christmas each and every year, right? But what we can do, rather than, than lifting, just lifting his name up and proclaiming him, we also, one of the greatest gifts that we can give him is to serve him. That the greatest gift we can give Jesus at Christmas is to serve Jesus, to do what he's called us to do, to to let that light shine in what we do so others will see. As our team comes, I just have this question. It's very basic. How will you honor Jesus by serving others this holiday season? And really specifically this holiday week. We're getting close here, right? This is a great week. This is a great week. So I want you to think about your life. Be practical about this. I want you to think about the ways you're going into You've got a calendar. I've got a calendar. There's people you're going to be with. There's your people you're going to see. There's going people you didn't know you're going to meet. You're going to see them on the way. On the way. You're going to go in stores. You're going to interact with people. There's some people, and there's people in this room. I know we have a, I have, a, I have a daughter who works in the retail now, in the grocery. There is crazy people, crazy customers, and they wear you down. Some of you work in that kind of work. People, customers, let's be the best customer. We went, well, I want customer service. I'm paying $60 for this. No. What if we were the best customers? What if we had the opportunity this week when they're going through and they're scanning their stuff? And you say you would ask them the question, how are you? They're like, they're like, fine. <laughs> like, I hope you have a great season. Merry Christmas. Take that extra moment. The opportunities in these relationships that you have and neighbors and things you're doing. I know something close, close in friendship that they, they set up a little station at their door. You know, if you get, as you do, get lots of shipments. Some of you get it every day. Something's showing up. UPS driver. Here's a water. Here's a granola bar. Here's a little, here's a little something just to cheer them on. Little things that we can do. But the biggest thing is this have this attitude of service that we would go into this week. And what if it became the, the the least stressful time of the year than the most stressful time? Because here's the thing, we're not making the party about us, we're making it about him. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? Let's do that. We have the opportunity to do that. We have the opportunity in a relationship. Hey, come join me at a service. Come be a part of what God is doing. And when we do that, our, our voices mean the most when we serve on the front end of it. And people go, hey, what are you about? What are you doing? Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity to point to him as he is the one that lights the way. Let's, let's pray together. God, I'm so grateful for just this season. Lord, I, I don't want to downplay Christmas. I think it's a wonderful, amazing time. Lord, I mean, we still in our crazy society that we live in, it's, and so many would say this is kind of a Christless society, that we still lift up Christmas. We still say Christmas. Christ must. Christ more, Jesus more. And we want Jesus, Lord, we want you to just to rule and reign and and just move in our community. Lord, we lift every invitation that's going to be going out this week in our hands and advertisements through social media of the opportunity even to gather here on Christmas Eve. Lord, we pray for the 2.30 and the 4 and the 5.30 and the people will be coming in this room. And it's a great opportunity as the, the light of the world is presented. You, Jesus, who lit the way, who paid the price, that ransom payment for our sins to man for us to be redeemed and to be brought in a relationship, to come out of the darkness into the light. And we pray for every single soul, every single dark, lost soul that will come through these doors Christmas Eve. They can see the light of who you are, Jesus, to light the way for them toward you. But as that happens, Lord, it all leads up to doing what you called us to do. And that is to serve you by serving others. Lord, that's the greatest gift. We can sing about you and lift you up and make sure you're mentioned in everything that we do. But Lord, all those words are cheap if it doesn't come with the heart of servant toward others that ultimately is to serve you, Lord. Lord, you came. You didn't didn't make it about you, but it is all about you. That's our job this week, Lord. That's our job all season and all year round, Lord. So, God, we pray as we go from this place. I pray for those that are in a place of darkness and depression. Lord, I pray within them as I'm challenged as well. Lord, I, I confess my grumpiness. It's, it's just stuff. that I've allowed it. I made it the party about me, Lord. And so we just take a moment and say, God, we confess it to you. God, we made it about ourselves. Lord, may you empower us through your spirit to make it about you as we serve others this week, that we can just have some fun and some freedom. Lord, we'll laugh at those moments when someone cuts us off, when someone gets ahead of us in the line and and we go to the shelf and someone took the last one. Lord, we would just go, oh, Lord, it's not about us. It's not about our agenda, it's about you, Lord. And that we can just love you as we love others and serve others, Lord. So may we walk in that freedom. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.